I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 62, in which I begin a design study group, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, September 28th, 2011. Look at that. I actually remembered to check the date before I started recording. Normally, I'm having to figure that out midway through. Um, Tonight's probably going to be a fairly short episode. I'm sorry, tonight, as I'm recording this, it could be mid-morning when you're listening, mid-afternoon. I don't know. But anyway, as I'm recording this, it is... um, Getting on a little bit later in the evening, I'm recording it while my husband is watching Survivor. Uh, That's not one of my favorite shows, so I decided to sneak upstairs and try to knock out a podcast episode while while he's watching. So I'm trying to get this done in the amount of time it might take him to watch Survivor, because then we'll probably watch something else after that's over. Um, And besides, I don't have a whole lot to report on. So I'm going to give you a couple of um, book reviews and some, obviously, some listener comments, and then I'm going to talk about something that's been going on in my life lately. I do also want to let you know I am really inexplicably tired today. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I kind of overslept this morning, just never quite caught up with myself. Um, you know, got to the gym this afternoon to a very depressing workout session because I'm just getting back to the gym after many, many weeks of absence. So, you know, those first few days back hurt. <laughs> and uh, I think that's also kind of wearing me out now. I was actually kind of dozing on the couch a little bit before I came up to listen to record this podcast. So hopefully I will sound at least vaguely perky, <laughs> if not quite up to my normal energy levels. So uh, here we go. Here we're going to try it anyway. Um, In terms of my quilty life, I did finally get kind of a marathon sewing session in Monday night. My husband was out of town, so I didn't watch any TV or anything. I grabbed myself a sandwich for dinner and went right upstairs to my sewing machine and managed to get all of my snail's trail blocks pieced. I have not pieced them together yet. I still need to square them up and get them pieced together, but they are all actually pieced themselves. Um, And yes, that's my very, very late entry for my own warm color challenge from the summer. Uh, Yeah, I did miss my own deadline, but I still like the pattern a lot, and I really want to get it done, so I'm still working on it. Um, I did post a picture Oh, I think I put it in Flickr, and I think I put it on my blog, just so you could see the snail trail blocks. I did the snail's trails in um, neutral colors, a black and kind of a taupe color. They're actually a little higher contrast than I was thinking they would turn out to be. Um, I was kind of hoping for a slightly more muted background, but I still think it's going to work. And I'm really going to have fun, I think, doing the applique, although it's going to be a little bit of figuring it out as I go. So we'll see how that all turns out. Uh, The upside is I am actually going to be home this weekend for the first time in several weeks. I'm not actually sure when the last time I was home for a weekend was. Um, And it's actually going to be the last time I'm home for a weekend in several weeks again. I think the next time I'm home for a weekend is the last weekend of October. So this weekend, my plan is do a little bit of housework, you know, the the minimum that I can possibly get away with, and then a whole lot of sewing. Um, You know, my husband and I might go out to a movie or something. But other than that, I really want to just spend a whole lot of quality time renewing my acquaintance with my sewing machine. So hopefully I'll get a lot more progress done this weekend. 
I did have a couple of book reviews to give you this week. I Actually, I'm going to have a lot more coming up, I think. I hit a sale on um, AQS website, and I think I found it from a blog. Somebody else on another blog had mentioned that they had just dropped a bundle of money on the sale, and so, of course, I had to go check it out, and it was amazing. There were books that were being sold for 2 3 $4, so um, I have a lot of books on their way to me at the moment. Um, unfortunately, I think the sale is over now, but you can still go check it out at the AQS website. But meanwhile, while I was on the website, I did I renewed um, my my uh, oh what's it called my membership. <laughs> Sorry, remember the sleepy thing. I removed my renewed my membership to AQS and got a free book as my thank you gift. And so I had chosen the book Traditional Two Block Quilts by Sally Salmon, S A U L M O N, and so I got this book as a freebie and. You know, I remember months and months ago, I did some reviews on books I had gotten out of our library, and there was one on two block quilts there, and I remember there was one I had found on two block quilts that I didn't like so well, and then there was another one that I found that I liked a lot better. This one might be the one I liked better, or it might be a different one entirely. I can't remember. I dug through a few episodes worth to see if I could find which books I had reviewed. Um, Didn't find it, but I honestly did not take the time to do a comprehensive search. So I don't know if I've talked about this book before. Um, But this book, traditional two black quilts, excuse me, I'm pulling it off my shelf so I can have it in front of me while I'm giving this review. Uh, I really like the way it's set up. I've not had a chance to use it yet, but um, it's going to be a great reference for me, I think, into the future. It does have a lot of patterns in it, but that's not where its greatest value is, I don't think. Um, What the greatest value of this book for me is the whole first, I guess you would call them chapters or sections. Um, It has an introduction, but then it has a section of playing called playing with blocks. And it talks about classification of blocks. So how to analyze blocks. Are they four patches, five patches? You know, how are they set up? Because, you know, if you're going to get a better result, probably if you combine a nine patch grid block with another nine patch grid block, that doesn't mean you can't you know, mix and match. But generally speaking, if you're just starting out, you probably want to make sure you're you're sticking with, you know, similar grid blocks. Um, and then, it, so it tells you kind of how to analyze the block and how to put them together with other blocks of similar grids. And then it also talks about asymmetrical blocks and ways that you can combine asymmetrical blocks into a pattern to kind of create a different effect. It talks about um, combining two blocks together to create the illusion of sashing. So the way the block itself is pieced will make it look like you've sashed the blocks, even though you haven't really. It talks about the illusion of circles using um, pieced blocks with a lot of angles in them. I'm sure, you know, if you've been quilting any time at all, you've probably seen these blocks where it's actually all straight lines, but as they get combined, it ends up looking very amazingly round. And so she does talk about that in here. Um, she talks a little bit about how color placement, uh, affects the look of blocks as you combine them together and different effects you can get. She also uses, uh, rectangular blocks in some, so that, you know, not all blocks have to be square as they say. So she does cover a little bit. She doesn't spend a lot of time on it, but she does cover a little bit using a rectangular block instead. And one of her patterns uses a rectangular block. Uh, she does talk a little bit about combining three different blocks together and what kinds of effects you might have with that, combining patchwork and applique. And then she's got a whole section on set variations. So she talks about how, okay, once you've combined these two blocks, here's different ways you can set them together. Um, 
to achieve yet even different effects, you know, and so she talks about checkerboard sets and diagonal sets and, you know, again, using sashing, like real sashing this time, and then borders and how you can bring the block out into the border. She doesn't spend a huge amount of time. I mean, it's not like pages and pages on each of these sections, but it's enough to get you thinking. It's enough to give you some ideas and then start messing around with yourself. Um, then she follows up with that with a section called beginning design and that's just a couple of pages long but it again it sort of emphasizes some of the things she's already covered she talks gives you some tips about um, how you might want to go through the process she does use computer-aided design um, as they refer to it you know eq7 and that kind of thing and so she talks about um you know, she might kind of sketch something out on a napkin first, and then she draws them on graph paper, and then she um, may put them into the computer or use either or computer or graph paper. She knows how to use either one. So she kind of, you know, gives you permission to do whatever is going to work for you, which is nice to have in a quilt book. You know, I've talked in, in other um, book reviews I've done about how sometimes, you know, the authors come across as saying this is the only way to do something, and I'm sure they believe it is the only way to do something, but um, I don't always buy that it necessarily is. In any case, then she goes on to a section on project tips where she does talk a little bit about striped fabrics, but then um, most of the rest of it is kind of basic quilt making instructions, but it's a little more in depth than that. So again, it's it's worthwhile to have on your shelf as another reference um, to your, you know, kind of normal pattern books that you can buy uh, a dime a dozen now, or they all go through those basic quilt making instructions. Um, you know, this does talk about the accurate seam allowance and stuff, but it does talk about cutting a little bit differently. You know, she starts right out with you cut your larger pattern pieces first and, and everything, and then you kind of work your way down. Most places don't really talk about stuff like that. So that that was useful. Um, and then the rest of the book is quilt patterns that kind of shows you how this all takes place. I'm looking in the back of the book to see if there's anything towards the end. Different now, they're pretty much all, yeah, it's just all quilt patterns after that. Now, I will say, I like the quilt patterns, hate the fabrics, and that's just a personal, <laughs> that's a personal preference thing. One of you might pick up this book and absolutely love the fabrics. They did nothing for me, but that does not matter in the least. What you're doing is you're getting an idea. Um, even the patterns, you don't necessarily have to follow the patterns exactly. Um, you know, if I never make a pattern from this book, I will still see it as a very valuable resource because it really does help you look at blocks a little bit differently um, in order, you know, break them down into their component parts and then try to visualize how different blocks will then fit together and how you can use color and value and stuff to even mess with that design a little bit more. Um, so I really, I like this book a lot. I'm glad I got this. Um, yeah, it was nice that it was a freebie, but I'm glad I have this on my shelf anyway. I think it's really um, going to be very useful to me as I continue to develop my quilt making skills. The other book um, I have even really used even less at this point, because I actually just got it last night. My friend BFFBQF Kate, that you have heard me refer to often, um, and I were together last night. I did my semi-annual magazine pass off to her. We, we have this deal where I get all the magazines because I'm a magazine junkie, and then I save them all and I hand them off to her when I'm done. Um, and often because we don't see each other all that often, I'm handing six months worth of magazines off, which is really heavy 
in a shopping bag if you've never carried six months worth of magazines around and uh then she goes through them she takes what she wants to she's got a neighbor who also quilts that she often will pass off some of the magazines to her and then whatever between the two of them they don't use go to her guild so it's really you know it's the reuse recycle kind of thing everybody is getting all sorts of enjoyment so i always consider my you know five bucks well spent by the time these magazines have made their way through several hands but in any case um she also gave me a book. She has been using this book for several weeks now. I think she started sometime this summer, maybe even early summer. It's It's been a while that she's been using this book, and she has gotten so much out of it that she really felt I would probably really appreciate it as well. And so she got me my own copy. And just the the amount I flipped through it last night, it does hold a lot of promise. Now, this one is not your traditional quilter book. In fact, it's not actually a quilting book. It's on creativity. It's called The Complete Artist's Way, Creativity is a Spiritual Practice, and it's by Julia Cameron. And it's actually, it's a honking big book because it's actually three books in one volume. Apparently, um, Cameron originally published these as three separate books, and they are now compiled into this one really big, heavy um, paper, or it's not paperback, I'm sorry, hardcover book. Um, But actually, that makes it feel much more important and weighty when I'm using it, which is kind of cool as somebody who has been, you know, using pretty much exclusively my Kindle lately. Um, Every now and then it is kind of nice to have this big thick book in your hands. Uh, In any case, back (laughs) back to Cameron. This book is actually based on workshops and experiences she has led over a number of years. And it's a 12-week experience. If you do it the way the book is presented, it's it's supposed to last you 12 weeks. And it's to it's an experience to discovering creative renewal. Now, she comes from the perspective, she herself is a writer, a screenwriter, I believe, um, worked on, she mentions Paramount Studios. And she starts from the premise of creative block and... So this whole process is sort of to unblock your creativity and kind of get yourself renewed and back on track. But this is equally usable for somebody who is just starting to really explore their creativity. If you've kind of never thought of yourself as a particularly creative person and you want to explore that side a little bit better, this book would also be good. Now, um, a, a word, and she starts right out in her introduction with this. She talks very clearly that in her view, as she has gone through this process herself, and kind of worked through unblocking her own um, writer's block, which is how this book began. I mean, this is how her whole process started, was her own um, creative renewal, if you will. Uh, She does say right out that in her view, um, and as she grew through this process, her understanding is that creativity is related specifically to God. But she does also give ways of understanding that would fit the view of an atheist or agnostic. So if you don't consider yourself a spiritual person in, shall we say, the more traditional sense, you may still want to check this book out because you could quite easily still connect with it with different languages and different understandings. I think it, it now it's hard for me to judge that completely because I am a person of faith, so the language doesn't bother me at all. Somebody else may struggle with that a little bit more, but I think the basic outline of the book is really usable across the the board. Each week has a theme. Like I said, it's a kind of a 12-week experience. Each week has a theme. There's readings, there's exercises, um, and then her two big things are morning pages and the artist date. Um, she really emphasizes that every day you should be writing, I believe uh, my friend told me it's three pages. You're supposed to just write three pages every morning. 
Um, it doesn't matter what. You just write, 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 write. And that's supposed to sort of just get rid of all that junk that tends to be floating around <laughs> in your head and kind of clogs up your thought processes in general. And then the artist date is um, each week that you're supposed to set aside a block of time. She says, you know, one to two hours to just nurturing your inner artist. You know, obviously not all of us have that time, and she admits that, but you take from it what you can, but you really, you know, she does emphasize if you don't commit to this process, you're not going to get as much out of it. Now, again, I have not spent that much time with this book yet, because I did just get it last night. I did sit down, and I read through her entire introduction, and I started reading in that first um, week a little bit, but I'm setting this aside for the spring when I'm going to have a little bit more time to actually do this kind of a, a practice. One of the things that Kate said to me, and I agree, is just in the reading I did, one of the strengths of this book is there's quotes sprinkled throughout. And I love um, the the breadth of people from whom she has drawn these quotes. They are all across the board. And um, they're, they're good quotes. You know, I'm not usually one that likes, you know, the, the kind of, I don't have a whole lot of inspirational quotes um, posted all over the place. Although I, I do like you know, seeing inspirational quotes. I'm just not the kind of person that buys the posters <laughs> with them on there. But she has fantastic quotes in here, and I was finding them really good. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I should be the kind of person that has the inspirational quote random, you know, hanging over my desk or whatever. Um, my problem is I tend to just get bored when I see the same thing, <laughs> the same words in front of me all the time. So I'd I'd have to have some sort of rotating screen, I think, with inspirational quotes. In any case, I do think this book holds a lot of promise. And if you are looking for something to help really help you explore your creativity, again, not specific to quilting, but just creativity in general, this may be a book you want to check out. Again, it's The Complete Artist's Ways, Creativity as a Spiritual Practice by Julia Cameron. And as always, I will post um, links to these books on my show notes so that you can check them out for yourself as well. So the only other thing I've had going on in my life um, is actually very exciting. This has been a few months in the making. I guess <laughs> I've had a lot. You know, my, my interview last in the last episode with Jay was several months in the making, and this time there's a group several months in the making. Uh, that's mostly because the summer is a complete waste for me because I'm on the road too much, so I can't get anything done in the summer. But in any case, um, last year in May at my Guild Quilt Retreat, a couple of us had gotten talking, you know, I think it was over a meal at one point, and I said, you know, the thing that frustrates me is I love taking classes um, at quilt shops and stuff, but you can only ever find project classes you can or technique pr uh, classes. You never really find classes, at least at none of the ones we have up here, none of the quilt shops we have up here, you never find any on design principles and design elements. And obviously I'd already been kind of working on putting something like that together with Jay, but I really wanted something a little more intense <laughs> where I could just really delve into these things. And although I've bought several books on the topics, you know, trying to take yourself through the process never works quite as well because there's not that deadline. You kind of do it once or twice and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll keep this up. And then other things get in the way and you don't. So as we started, a few of us started talking at the Guild, you know, I said, wouldn't it be fun if we had a group that was devoted to studying design principles, not techniques, not, you know, and it wouldn't be like another Guild meeting. It would be a very specifically focused group. And I was surprised that there were several other people at retreat as we started talking about, they were like, yeah, I've always wanted to do something like that too. You know, who knew? Nobody ever talked about that. <laughs> so the next month at my guild meeting, I stood up and said, okay, 
here's the thing. I want to do this. I would be more than happy to do it with other people. In fact, I'd rather do it with other people. So if anybody else is interested in this, let me know and we'll start a group. So I sent around a sign-up sheet. I had something like 21 people sign up for this thing, which I was really surprised. I actually was thinking, well, that might be too many people (laughs) to try to do, you know, a, a small study group like this, but I thought we'll make it work. Well, I finally got, again, because I was gone then all summer, we finally uh, did the Doodle poll. And I'm sorry, Doodle is a online website you can use to set up um, meetings and stuff. If you've never used it, check it out, D-O-O-D-L-E dot com. I use it all the time for work and play. Anyway, um, I set up a Doodle poll to find out a common date for everybody that would meet. Got about 10 people that emailed me and or that responded to the Doodle poll. And so we set up the, the first meeting and it was last night. And there were, ooh, I think about 12 of us, 12 or 13 of us there, which is really kind of the perfect size group that really worked well. Now, we were in a tiny little conference room in our local public library, um, which is right down the street from me. And one of the women in our group is the one that I've referred to often, the other Kate. She is um, the works at that library, so we have an in. But anyway, we were in this conference room, and I said, well, if, if we get too crammed, we'll find somewhere else to meet. Well, we just kept cramming people in this room. <laughs> And and the running joke all night was that this room was actually called the quiet room in the library. And we were anything but. (laughs) It was pretty fun. But Kate kept reminding us, you know, that that library isn't a particularly quiet library to begin with. So it wasn't a big deal. We had a great time. It was so much fun just being together. You know, quilters always have fun when they get together. Um, And my BFFBQF, Kate, has decided to join this group with us, which is fun. She's the only person not of our guild that joined the the group, but there's several other women that are also in the guild that she's also in. So she knew a couple of other people there, sort of vaguely. So it's good that now she'll have the opportunity to to get to know some of her guild members better as well. But anyway, so we, we got together and, you know, I said, okay, how often are we going to do this? When are we going to do this? And how are we going to do this? And so um, both BFF, BQF, Kate, and I had brought some books that we had bought over the years. And it turned out we had several of the same books. So that was kind of entertaining. But we had brought some books and said, you know, maybe we want to do a book. Maybe we want to bring an outside person in or whatever. We decided ultimately we're going to meet once a month. And it's we're meeting, what, like the fourth Tuesday of the month or something like that. And after looking at all our possibilities, what we're going to do is we're starting out using a book together, and then um, we're going to be using what we refer to as human resources as well. We have several um, really excellent teachers in the area who do a lot of design work and could easily come in and do, you know, kind of a once in a while sort of thing for us. I no idea how much that'll cost us. So that'll be the first stopper. But, uh, you know, it's something we're going to explore in the future. Meanwhile, we looked at all these books, we talked about some other possibilities, and we ultimately decided uh, to use a book that both Kate and I already owned. That's not why they chose it, but everybody else liked it. And actually, I have to give a shout out to Jay for this one, because the reason I own this book is because Jay had reviewed it um, on her blog, and I thought it looked really good. So I bought it and um, it's now the one we're using for this group. And it's called Fearless Design for Every Quilter. And it's by Lorraine Torrance and Jean Mills. And I think BFF PQF Kate had another Lorraine Torrance book, and it looked very much to me, and correct me if I'm wrong if anybody knows this, that one was called Design Essentials? Design Basics? I think it was Design Essentials. And it was only by Lorraine Torrance. It kind of looked to me like that book was written first, and she took from that kind of the basic idea and turned it into group lessons for the fearless design for every quilter book. That's kind of what it felt like to me. I'm probably wrong on that. In any case, 
The Fearless Design for Every Quilter does go through the basic design principles and elements, you know, the, the balance and scale and value and color. And then she talks, and then she goes into design sources and inspiration and using words and images and panels and some different kinds of things. But the, what we really liked about the book is the way it's set up because it's set up basically really to use as a group. And so we're going to kind of use it the way the book is set up to use. So I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to rotate off leadership, but of course they dibbed me for the first month. So I'm responsible for putting together the first session, which, you know, is basically, okay, we've got the book in front of us. I'm just going to throw in a couple of other activities and stuff um, because we are just getting started. We really need to kind of get to know each other better. So we're going to be any of the group members listening to this podcast get ready for some group building games because that's what I do (laughs) in any case really looking forward to this it's a neat group of people that's together it's people I would have never thought would really come together in one place other than you know quilting it's it's a unique blend of personalities and quilting backgrounds and the types of things we like to quilt so it's it's really going to be a lot of fun I am just so looking forward to it So the reason I'm telling you about this is not only because I'm really excited about it, but it's also to tell you that if there's something you want to learn and there's no classes out there that teach it, start your own. You know, I didn't come into this saying, I know all about this, so I'm going to teach everybody else. I came to my guild and I said, I want to learn this. Who wants to learn it with me? Let's figure out how to learn it. And I was really surprised to find out so many other people were interested in the same thing that I was. And that they're going to have so much fun doing this. I mean, the the level of energy and excitement in that room was palpable. And, and of course, like I said, we kept bursting out laughing. (laughs) And everybody else in the library heard us. When we came out, they were like, what were you doing in there? (laughs) But you could tell they were a little envious. So it was kind of fun. So anyway, we're we're off and running, really excited. And, you know, I'll keep you posted how it goes as we go along. It's going to be interesting because now I've actually got three different sort of design-related educational experiences happening in my life all at once. So it's going to be fun to see how these come together. The episodes that I'm doing with Jay, which we're right in the midst right now of trying to schedule when the next interview is going to happen. We're kind of hoping for this weekend, but we'll see because we've got opposite schedules and opposite time zones (laughs) and trying to figure out how to make those things mesh is a little tricky. Um, But working on that and then Francis and I have both mentioned in previous episodes that we are both um, signed up for the same Quilt University class, and uh, we'll be taking that, I think it starts sometime in October. I haven't gotten the introductory email to it yet, but that'll be fun, and I'm looking forward to, Francis and I have talked about trying to record conversations with each other um, for our podcast about how we're progressing on that class, so that's another um, experience, and it'll be fun to talk to Francis. <laughs> I've always said um, that, you know, Francis could read the phone book and I'd listen. I just love her voice. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to having the opportunity to maybe talk to her a little bit more directly. And then, you know, doing this design study group. So it'll be fun to kind of be bouncing all these things I'm learning from all these different sources off each other and kind of see where I come out. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to that, and I'll keep you posted. And like I said, start your own group. You know, just get out there. Put yourself out there. Even if you stand up in your guild guild and you say, I want to learn thus and so, and, you know, who wants to learn it with me? Even if you only get one other person, so what? That's two people that can learn together and share knowledge and help each other figure out the, the things that they're not figuring out alone. And besides, it's another chance to make a friend. Quilty friends. Best kind ever. So 
that's my um, Sandy update. That's really all that's been going on, I guess I should say. Yeah, I did get that, that sewing done, and then being part of another quilty group is never a bad thing. So that's been kind of fun. All right, have not gotten a whole lot of listener comments um, this week. I hope it's because you're all out doing designy kinds of things based on the last episode we posted. So I'm going to uh, cut you some slack this week, but you know what? Pick it up. Start talking to me again next week. I guess it was just because I had so many comments the couple of weeks before that. It's just a little funny that I've I've got a few. But I did want to say thank you so much to Noni and Steffi and Pam and um, the Sewing Geek and Jane and Laura for um, sending me comments. And uh, I do want to say, as always, Noni does... Um, I have some great information, but she, <laughs> she also blames me for stuff. Come on. I don't know if you can blame me really for the fact that you're decluttering. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I've actually had a few people blame me for um, sending them off on cleaning sprees after I posted the decluttering episode. Uh, but you know what? If I can make the world a little bit better with a little less clutter out there, I have done my job. So anyway, um, I got a lot of nice comments on the snail's trail. So thank you so much for those comments and somebody, and I'm sorry, now I had forgotten who had asked me this. I didn't write down to myself who, who had asked me this. I had a listener ask about um, how to get the attack of the hexes logo that Pam had designed uh, for our sort of kind of loosey goosey kind of, hexagon quilt along. I haven't touched my hexes in a couple of months. I need to get back to that too. But anyway, um, somebody had asked me how to do that hexy image and Pam had given me the link to where it is on Flickr and I will post that link in the show notes to this episode again so that you can get that link, that um, image for your own website or your own blog if you are joining us on the hexy attack quilt along. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I specifically wanted to respond to. Oh, Jane asked if snail's trail blocks are difficult. And my answer to that is yes and no. The The version I'm doing, no, not particularly. There is another, I think probably more classically traditional version of the snail's trail block that has a whole lot more pieces and a lot more um, half square triangles involved and a lot more piecing <laughs> and it does seem a little bit um more complicated the the snail's trail kind of loopy part there is much thinner and um kind of more curvy than in the version I did the version I did actually is straight up it's the EQ7 snail's trail block and there is a others call that block is also named monkey wrench but like I think I said in an earlier podcast I know a different block by the name Monkey Wrench. You know, who knows? Block names. Very weird. Uh, But in any case, Jane, I would say the version I have done is not that complicated. You know, it's got pieces and you got to keep track of those seams. And yes, there are bias edges, but it's, they're like big bias edges and you don't handle them all that much. So it was pretty low risk. Um, I'm going to have to do a little bit of squaring up on the blocks, but I don't... I'm sure there are people who sew blocks that never have to square them up. I've never had that experience myself. So that's nothing unusual for me, but I'm not having to square them up a ton. I mean, they're not really wonky. 
I'm actually pretty proud of them. I've missed a couple of points here and there, but nothing that I'm going to worry about because, frankly, I can bury those under the applique. I'll just choose the ones that didn't come out quite as perfectly, and those will be the ones that have a flower petal slapped on top of them, and nobody will ever know. I shouldn't have even told you. So I think that's it for this week. Again, uh, Jay and I are working on trying to set up our next interview, hoping for this weekend. I am out of town briefly again next week for a couple of days. It's a long weekend, but I'll be around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so hopefully I will have time to post another episode next week. The week after that, probably a complete loss. I'm gone for a week running from a Tuesday to a Tuesday, so I really doubt I'll get one out the next week. Trust me, guys, things settle down after October. This has been crazy, but it does settle down, and eventually I will get back on a much more regular schedule. Meanwhile, I've been able to catch up with everybody else's podcasts, which is really nice. Enjoying that. Keep them coming, folks. I have You've kept me company on many a long car drive. So I think that's it. Hope you all get some sewing in this weekend. Check out the books that I've suggested. Start your own group about whatever you want to start it about, and... Uh, We'll catch you next week, and until then, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Mm-hmm.